2: so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done all rise
1: welcome to the cyber law and business report
3: Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly. You're listening to Cyberlaw and Business Report broadcast live from the Internet Law Center here in Santa Monica, the heart of Silicon Beach. Um, congratulations to Kevin Winston and his team on a very successful Silicon Beach Fest um, last week. And um, we have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about some of the hottest issues right going on in the Internet right now, including net neutrality. Um, we're going to start by talking to... Um, the group that's been involved by what is known as um, Occupy FCC, although that's not the official name. And then we're going to be talking to a returning guest, Carl Cronenberg, um, who's, who's going to talk to us about um, his recent victory over a Spamigator in a, in a ruling that could have um, reaching effect. And so he'll explain why. Um, today is the anniversary, the fifth anniversary, it's hard to believe it went so fast, of uh, the death of uh, both Michael Jackson and Farrah Fawcett. Um, I don't know which one you had a poster of, but um, and uh, and in addition, um, it's actually the anniversary of the Berlin airlift, and I think it's one of the most heroic things done in the 20th century, particularly the Cold War. And it's often the most overlooked. Um, President Truman actually was told it was impossible, and he told his generals, "Make the impossible happen." And at one point, they had a plane landing every minute at. Um, Templehof Airport, and uh, it's just a remarkable achievement if you study the background of it. So, um, it's a monumental day. You wouldn't have, um, you know, Ekain on or Mr. Gorbachev turned down that wall but for that, that uh, monumental effort. So, but without further ado, um, let's bring on our guests. And um, we're very fortunate today, and um, we're talking with. Um, Kevin Zeese from Our Economy, and he's spearheading the Camp Out to Save Net Neutrality or the People's Firewall FCC camp. Um, Kevin, are you with us? I am. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. What do you, what do you call the movement?
0: Well, uh, we, we did do, uh, during the uh, uh, prior to the last open meeting, we had an encampment uh, outside the FCC. It uh, started and we called at the end Occupy the FCC. It started out with just two of us margaret flowers and me and then it evolved into about 30 people and covering uh whole, one whole side of the fcc so the time magazine reported on it saying that the fcc was in chaos uh, and part of the reason was a growing encampment outside their front doors and so we're happy we played that role lots of other groups are involved in this and hundreds of thousands of people have been contacted the fcc there's a real strong feeling in this country that the internet needs to be protected as a public utility, not as a profit center. It needs as a public utility. It would mean that there could be no discrimination so that the wealthiest corporations can get better service than others. And that's what we want to see for granted. We don't want a tiered Internet. We want a net-neutral Internet. So look,
3: let's just take a step back for listeners. So the, um, the big issue in the recent um, ruling in the FCC-Verizon, uh, Verizon versus FCC, I should say, is um, – that basically the FCC has the authority to impose um, the obligations that were contained in the Open Internet Order um, to establish net neutrality, but it has to do so the right way. And exactly. it has to. There's two um, divisions of SC authority. There's one, I think, it's Section One, you know, which is what they were trying to do it under, and then Section Two is the authority where they would regulate. Um, the Internet as a common carrier. And so part of the uh, post-Verizon debate has been, you know, what do you do? How do you address this? Um, And uh, with some people threatening war, should the FCC actually go ahead and and reclassify, you know, Internet service as a common carrier service?
0: That's exactly right. That's the issue. And it wasn't an issue until... Uh, 2002, uh, initially when you had a uh, dial-up for the Internet, it was classified under se- se- uh, Title II as a common carrier. When broadband came in uh, under the uh, tenure of Michael Powell as the FCC chair, the FCC made the mistake of moving it to uh, Title I uh, and treating it as an information service, which has a different kind of regulatory authority. The FCC has tried to put in place net neutrality as an information service, and has lost twice in court. The court said if you want to do that, you need to treat it as a, a public utility, a common carrier under Title II, and that's what we're urging. And the victory that we've had so far, when the news first leaked about what the current chair, uh, Tom Wheeler, was going to propose, it was going to be about creating a uh, tiered Internet where corporations paid more for faster service. Uh, as a result of the incredible public reaction, including our protests, he was uh, uh, agreed to include in the rulemaking uh, our recommendation, which is treated as Title II a common carrier. Now, I can tell you that the FCC lists about 130,000 comments have already been submitted. Uh, typically, they get you know under under a thousand or low thousands, know, a couple thousand comments on a rule. So this is really a, a very large number of comments, and they're not even up to date. We know of three organizations we're working with. That combined have have submitted two hundred and sixty seven thousand comments as of two weeks ago, well, and so the FCC is behind. It's, it's hundreds of thousands of people who have commented favoring it as a public utility, a common carrier. And you know, we've talked about this somewhat on
3: our past show. And um, you know, there's a f- famous segment by John Oliver where he um, yeah. made the, he compared the FCC chairman to a dingo but that yeah. it actually resulted in such a large volume of response because he invited people to do what you just said, is to submit comments, and it caused the system to crash.
0: Yeah, when, when, when uh, Oliver did that monologue on HBO, we had about thirty-five to 40,000 comments. Immediately after that monologue, it jumped another ten to 15,000 into about 40,000, 45,000. And uh, since then, it's continued to grow. Now, really, Oliver getting more credit than he deserves. I mean, he deserves some credit. He's done that. Had, it was a great monologue. He had an impact. But we know that organizations working on this issue are going to their members, are going on social networks, on Facebook, and putting out alerts and uh, generating hundreds of thousands of comments themselves. And so we we love Oliver's monologue, and we highlight it, and we think it's a great addition, but people should realize there's a movement right. out there. I mean, the... And, the-
3: uh, it wouldn't have resonated had not you guys been educating people about the
0: issue. That's right, and you know, just just yesterday we saw a new aspect of the movement: Occupy Google in California. I saw uh, that. People are ur- yeah, people are urging Google. They're camping out in front of Google, urging Google to take a strong stand on net neutrality. They've been supportive, but they're not really campaigning on that. We want to see Google to get more involved and really push the net neutrality issue. There were there were ten arrests this morning. Uh, at Google headquarters, from people who are trespassing, uh, you know, in order to push Google to take a strong stand.
3: So let's let's talk logistics. Um, you are downtown DC by the FCC headquarters.
0: We have been. We're out right now. We did that before. We did that before the uh, last meeting. Okay. And we got what we wanted in the, in the rulemaking. We switched, and now we've been out there every Monday, uh, leafleting. We'll be doing a musical on July 1st. Uh, opening at noon at the FCC. It's called Which Side Are You On, Tom? And it's focused on Tom Wheeler, the chairman of the FCC. And it basically will, you know, uh, show how Tom Wheeler should side with the people and not with the fat cats, the telecom companies that, you know, want to monetize and profit uh, from getting the Internet to our homes. And so we'll be doing that show. We've been out there every, every week uh, petitioning. We see, a, it's really interesting, there, there's a lot of support inside the FCC for our position. We have employees coming out thanking us, uh, urging us on, hoping that we succeed, and we think we're going to succeed. Uh, the commission has five commissioners, uh, there are two Republicans and three Democrats, all appointed by President Obama. He's required to appoint two from the other party, uh, and uh, the, the two Republicans want no regulation, of the three Democrats, Tom Mueller is one of them, and then the two other Democrats seem to be leaning our way. They, they, they seem to be wanting Title II common carrier. Tom Wheeler's is kind of taking his other position trying to accomplish, you know, uh, his net neutrality, so-called net neutrality, which really isn't net neutrality, which would create a tiered internet without reclassifying. And so it's a 2-1-2 two, two, two split right now. You need three votes to win. So unless Tom can convince the two Democrats to go to his side, He's not getting a majority, so he may be forced uh, by public pressure and by the other commissioners to do the right thing, which is reclassify the internet as a common carrier um
3: the uh and just this just in um twenty one dead and seventeen injured in a mall explosion in the Nigerian capital of Abuja um over the wire but um now you you said that there's a musical or do you have a part in
0: the musical? yeah it's a musical. Uh we have uh Tom Wheeler is one character and we'll have a big blow up uh puppet, uh someone dressed up as a as Tom Wheeler. I mean, uh, the giant, you know, twenty twenty inch uh twenty five inch face and, and then we'll have three telecoms, three fat cats, uh, uh and we'll have uh an angel and a devil, each pulling Tom Wheeler different directions. And we'll have um uh uh, the people who you know will play their role. and My role is the MC. I'm, I'm the MC of the thing. I'll be telling people what's going on and why it's happening, what the issues are. So, oh, so you
3: you won't be singing.
0: Well, I'll probably join in singing. You know, we're, we're going to sing at uh, the title of the show. We have a number of songs, but the main the main song is "Which Side Are You On, Tom?" And that's to the old union uh, song. "Which Side Are You On? Which Side Are You On? Are You?" With? And we're going to go on. Are you with the people, Tom, or with the telecoms? And so we have a a whole song about uh, Tom Wheeler and you need to join the people's side. Because
3: so here's your chance to sing before a national
0: audience. <laughs> well, I'll be part of a chorus, so I won't stand out too much. Uh, that'll be everyone. Everyone will be lucky that I won't be the main singer. All right.
3: Well, we're, we're, for, for those listeners, you'll have to see the live performance. No free previews here. Um,
0: but now, um, the people, people in D.C., if they want to get involved in this, they should contact us. The main website is Popular Resistance. It's www.popularresistance.org. And on the top, you can see one of the three main stories is about this FCC action. I mean, so people can get information there and get involved there and contact us to get a, get a part in the musical.
3: Now, um, Wheeler actually came out and spoke with you.
0: There's actually three commissioners. Yeah, no, it was um, very, very interesting. This this, this this encampment had a big impact. Uh, you know, the FCC is not used to to having people protesting the way we do uh, people coming out there and spending the night sleeping out there, being there in the morning. We would greet them as they came in uh, uh, to the FCC, the, the workers, including Tom Wheeler. We'd greet them at lunch. We'd greet them and they left. So we were you know, holding up banners and signs for the traffic to be honking. We did a big banner drop that the whole FCC building could see. So we did a lot of stuff to draw attention. And three out of five, of the commissioners came down, one Republican, one Democrat, and Tom Wheeler. And Wheeler came down, and you know, he's a, he, he's a really a, a, an impressive guy. He has been uh, a telecom and broadband lobbyist for 30 years. Uh, he's won. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame for two industry uh, trade associations, both the telecom and broadband associations. And so he's a very smooth lobbyist. So he came down and. And uh, he really wanna have himself to, a picture taken of himself uh, with a hon- honk if you support an open Internet sign. And so you can see that picture on popularresistance.org at the top of the page. And, you know, that's that's his phrase. He likes open Internet. He doesn't use the word net neutrality. He's right. very smooth in how he uses language. And he can have an open Internet that can still be tiered. It can still be uh, based right. on how much money people pay. And so we don't want that. We want a neutral internet. And that's that's the way the difference is. We all want an open internet. Everyone should go get on. We we want everyone to go get on equally, not based on fees. When you met him, did did he
3: um, seem (laughs) dingo-like?
0: You know, uh, I wouldn't say that. But, uh, you know, the other thing that was interesting was one of the weeks we were handing out Uh, literature at the FCC. The top part of the the flyer talked about how to become a whistleblower and blow the whistle if you see too much influence by Comcast, AT&T, and Verizon. The bottom part said, come to our show. Which side are you on, Tom? July 1st at noon. And uh, Tom Wheeler happened to come by, and he recognized both Margaret and me uh, from our uh, encampment meeting and also because we disrupted an FCC hearing and were escorted out by the police. <laughs> so he recognized us, And uh, so we shook hands and I gave him a flyer and I said, hey, Tom, the, uh, the, no, no, look on the bottom. Said, we're doing a play about you. You should come on July 1st and check it out. Uh, and so uh, as he walked walking away, he's about a half a block, three quarters of a block, but he's still reading this flyer about how to become a whistleblower. And about the which side are you on Tom show? So, you know, he's a very smart guy. You could the dingo comment. You know, he actually was asked about that at a open. I know.
3: Yeah. And I, denied he was a dingo. I mean, I, I take in the in the annals of you know Nixon saying I am not a crook and him saying I am not a I am not a dingo. I don't know which is more which has been more bizarre. But um we're gonna take a short break. Um When we come back, we'll be talking to you more about the Occupy movement and um, and any other um, wild animals we need to be concerned about after these messages.
1: Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. You rely on your website to promote your business. And while you're busy doing what you love, you need a site that can keep up. GoDaddy web hosting is built from the ground up for lightning speed, reliability, and rock-solid performance. It includes over 150 free apps like WordPress and Drupal to build and manage your site. And with 99.9% uptime and industry-leading load times, you never have to worry if your site is up and running. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code HOSTFM to get web hosting for $1 a month, plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details.
2: Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ship station your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell like amazon ebay and over 40 others save money with discounted usps rates and a free usps account automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing custom shipping rules and much more webmasterradio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial
1: Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords.
2: What you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Your mission. Initiate internet marketing measures. Your arsenal. The weapons of mass marketing. Weapons of mass marketing on demand anytime inside the internet marketing channel only on webmasterradio.fm
1: the best gavel to gavel legal news and information on the net is right here this is the cyber law and business report only on webmasterradio.fm welcome
3: back we are um, talking about Net Neutrality and Occupy FCC um, and we've been having an interesting discussion about the issue and dingoes and all other things with Kevin Zeiss <laughs> from Our Economy. Now Kevin, you have a radio show on um, that covers some of these issues. Why don't you tell us about that?
0: It's a show that there's in Washington, D.C. every Monday from 11 till noon on uh, thir- 1480 a.m., and then it's available on podcasts from org. And, um, and we, we, what we do, we try to cover e- issues in depth. We've done a lot on net neutrality. We've done a lot on the, the, the so-called free trade agreements, which really are rigged trade agreements, rigged for the big corporations. Uh, and we've done a lot on uh, various issues like the Iraq war when that was hot, We've done a lot on whistleblowers. So we cover a lot of issues in depth that you don't know, get covered mostly in the the, the corporate mainstream media.
3: Now, um, and so and so you wouldn't be covering the anniversary of Michael Jackson or um, Farrah Fawcett Most then. Most likely not. Most <laughs> likely not. Most likely not. Now, getting back to the FCC, um, the what what do you think will be the likely outcome?
0: Well. Um, I think that the, the public pressure is really gigantic. Uh, I think we'll see probably half a million comments um, submitted, which should be probably unprecedented in FCC history. So this will have a, a giant flood of people saying what they want. Polls have shown that the public is with us from anywhere from 60 to 85% support, depending how the question is asked. People want a neutral Internet, uh, not one not that's based on fees and tiers, based on money. They want equal access for all. Uh, so the public is with us. Uh, the issue, of course, always comes down in the United States to uh, what the big corporations want and uh, how much money they're going to put into it and who the, who the Congress and the FCC will listen to. Will they listen to the people or the money? And uh, I, I think in this case, we're lucky that the corporations are divided on this. Uh, while, we were, while we were occupying uh, the FCC, there were letters submitted by 150 Internet Providers, or people who put the material on the internet, anyone from you know, three-person startups to Google and Facebook, they were on our side. They they supported the a net-neutral internet. Uh, then there, of course, were the other corporations, the the providers, the broadbands, you know, AT and T and telecoms like AT and T and Verizon and Comcast, and they uh, they want to have they want to be able to monetize and increase their profits uh, on the internet. So you have a division among the corporations. There's also a letter sent to the FCC from 50 Internet investors, uh, hedge fund types, who also want net neutrality because they want the entrepreneurship. They want they want, they want want to support the next Google, the next YouTube, the next Facebook that we don't even know exists yet. And if you start to create a system where you have to pay for a better service, that keeps in place the status quo. It's going to make it harder for new startups to get into the market. Uh, it'll create a monopoly for those who are already big. And so that's really what the fight's about. So the corporations are divided, the hedge funders are with us, and the people are with us. So I think we have a really good chance to win. The, the FCC divided uh, the five commissioners 2-1-2. Two, two. Tom Wheeler, the chair, is the one. The two Democrats are with us, two Republicans are against us. And so if we can move Wheeler to the other Democrats, we win there 3-2. Then the question comes down to will the Congress mean to overrule it? And I think this Congress is so dysfunctional, uh, that it's unlikely that it will. That will be all blocking that they try to do because there'll be enough by destroying oh. the internet. i um, sorry, I thought we lost you win. for a second. He's
3: win. Now, um, one thing that I thought was interesting is I saw that some Republicans, I don't know if because they fear losing at the FCC. But they were actually were um, suggesting that the issue of net neutrality should be done by the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC. You yeah, know. I find
0: that crazy. I don't understand the rationale for that. You know, The only rationale is that the FTC doesn't regulate uh, much. Mainly, the FTC's main role is to deal with advertising, uh, to make sure advertising is accurate. So I don't, that seems to be a totally uh, issue that doesn't pass a straight face test to move this to the FTC, I, I don't get that. It makes no sense. They're, they they're obviously are afraid of the FCC doing the right thing. And, and the other thing is that um,
3: let's assume that that's where they want it. I, I just think it's a it's an incorrect political calculation. I think if they think somehow the FTC is going to be more conservative, I actually think it's more liberal than the FTC, FCC.
0: Yeah, you know, that, that's an unbelievable question. I don't think we've heard what the FTC uh, thinks about this, so we're really guessing. It's not their jurisdiction. They've not really studied it and right. have taken the position on so I we'd be guessing. Uh, but obviously, the, it's usually the W know versus the W don't. For some reason, these minority of Republicans you know, don't trust the FCC. I think that's a big mistake on their part. Um,
3: yeah, I mean it, it's it's a bizarre thing. I mean, I mean, why not give it to the Department of Agriculture too? If you if you're if you're really <laughs> reaching, um, you know, I'm sure it's it, it's somehow within their jurisdiction. Um, <laughs> that, I, way Monsanto, that way Monsanto
0: can decide it.
3: Right, and you know, there's always. I mean, you, you live in Washington, so you know that there's there's got to be some obscure, four, you know, four letter acronym um, agency we can give this to. Um, that no one's ever heard of, maybe, maybe the Great Lakes Commission or something like that. But um, So we only, have, we only have a few minutes left. If people want to learn more about this issue, if they say, hey, that's kind of interesting what this guy's talking about, what, what do you recommend they do?
0: Well, first of all, our main website is Popular Resistance, www.popularresistance.org. And there's a, a, a box to talk about the FCC action as well as other actions we're currently involved in. That's a that's a movement site that covers uh, all aspects of the uh, social justice movement that exists in the United States today, uh, and so I'd recommend going there. The uh, organization you mentioned, It's Our Economy, is one that's focused on our economic plans, economic democracy, as opposed to uh, big finance capitalism we currently have, and that's a really interesting concept, too. And then our radio show and other projects are also linked on popularresistance.org. So if you want to focus on the FCC more, another great site is Save the Internet, uh, SaveTheInternet.org, and that, that really is focused heavily on this issue.
3: And um, and so in terms of if people want to listen to your radio show, where should they go?
0: ClearingTheFogRadio.org. FOG stands for Forces of Greed. That's ClearingTheFogRadio.org and you can see everything that we've written there on a whole range of topics, and you can see uh, in the slider on top there our most recent shows, and you can download podcasts and, and listen to those from, from that site.
3: Well, I want to thank you. It's been a, it's been a pleasure having you, and um, it's definitely, a, you know, you've done some incredible things. If you've been able to get the FCC to actually come down um, the street you know, and talk to you. And, uh, you know, I think the shot of Wheeler with the open internet, um, sign is priceless. And, um, so, um, best of luck to you. I hope you have a very, that's his, that's, 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 that's his non dingo look. That's his non dingo look. <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, in, in terms of the show, I wish you good luck. You should invite Neil Patrick Harris, you know, maybe he'll MC that as well as the Tony awards. <laughs> And uh um, and good luck. hope you can qualify for a um, what is it the Helen Hayes award in d c for best theater
0: <laughs> and
3: um so I look forward to seeing the reviews and and keep in touch. Let us know All right, how thank it you goes. Very much, yeah All right, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. thank you. Um, this just in from um Brazil. Uh, I think Nigeria has just been eliminated and um, but to add uh, injury to insult literally. Um, A guy named Babatunde from Nigeria got hit so hard uh, with a shot that it broke his arm. And um, apparently it's quite a gruesome sight for those who have been watching. Um, (laughs) Poor guy. I mean, talk about that. And you get eliminated. But um, as you know, the United States is playing Germany um, tomorrow, uh, I think 9 o'clock on Eastern Time um, or no, 9 o'clock um, West East Coast time, noon and um, East Coast time. Um, and so it could be quite a fair... And what people aren't... No one's I've heard mention, is that the United States actually beat Germany the last time they played. And um, it was a 4-3 to three at RFK Stadium in Washington, D.C. And the last time they played in the World Cup, it was in the um, quarterfinals, I believe, um, at the Seoul um, World Cup in 2002... And um, they would have tied the game, but for uh, one of the German players was actually standing in the goal and and had a handball. He got his hand on the ball to block it, and the referees didn't call the penalty. So um, they just narrowly escaped um, from us last time. So we're hoping Team USA does well tomorrow. And um, so, but um, we'll be taking a short break, and when we come back, we will have the um, world famous, the esteemed, um, the none other than Carl Cronenberger from Cronenberg Rosenfeld to talk about um, his recent victory against spamigator Timothy DeWitt
1: after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors.
4: Let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy.
2: While some affiliate networks can give you offers, Affiliate Offers Network gives you offers that pay big. Why do affiliates work with Affiliate Offers Network? How about because they work with powerhouse CPAs like Affiliate.com? How about that affiliates get paid every Monday to kick off their work week? Plus, learn how their green bucket system can turn your email, display ad, social, video, or mobile impression into profitable income. Get connected today with Affiliate Offers Network. Call 312-560-0175 or visit AffiliateOffersNetwork.com. It's time to saddle up with
1: the Search Cowboys. Search Cowboys will round up search engine marketing, social media, and more. Search Cowboys, on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly, and uh, we're talking to Carl Cronenberg. He returns to the show, Carlswood Cronenberg Rosenfeld in San Francisco. And um, before we do, we have two um, quick news updates, um, both from Washington, from the Supreme Court. And um, you may recall we talked earlier about the um, Supreme Court's um, arguments over um, the Ardeo, um, service and whether that violated the copyright laws or not. And Supreme Court has ruled against Ardeo and um, – excuse me, Ardeo, Ar- Ardeo. Um, and so they um, more or less are in jeopardy of – it looks like they're going to have to go out of business um, or come up with a new model. And then secondly, Supreme Court issued a ruling that um, cell phone searches at the time of arrest require a warrant. Um, there were two cases in which this um, – The um, police officers had um, taken the assailant's um, cell phone and scrolled through at their pictures to find um, pictures that they had taken at the crime scene to connect them to the crime scene. And there was a question about whether that required a warrant or not. So we'll probably be talking those on another show. But right now... Carl, he just won an important summary judgment victory in Alameda Superior Court against regator Timothy DeWitt. Why don't you tell us about that case, Carl?
4: Sure, and thanks for having me uh, back on the show. Uh, t- today we're here to talk about the exciting topic of email spam. Right. And email spam. Which to some people awesome.
3: is probably more exciting than the World Cup, but yeah, I disagree.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, well... It, 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 is, it is interesting in a number of ways. I think just that my first comment is that, I guess, when, when I look at this, this lawsuit brought by this plaintiff, Timothy Duet, who's an attorney, by the way, uh, it, uh, um, it, immediately what comes to mind is, is that this is some sort of uh, shakedown operation. It's, and it's, just, it's just so despicable to look at these sort of lawsuits and uh, uh, and I guess this, this goes to the, the issue of, is this interesting? I think it's interesting to me because it's so shameful that what this person does, it's this attitude that you can just be at your computer, go to your inbox, print out some emails, and go to the court and get money. It's that, it's that attitude which is, I guess, just so shameful, especially when it's being you know, perpetrated by a member uh, of the bar.
3: Right. attorneys
4: bring these as a plaintiff uh in in these- in these emails in this case uh you know he had the actual brand name of the uh, advertisers in the fr- as the from name and in the subject lines there was really no argument he was even making it it it, it was generally this argument I, I got these things i think they may be illegal give me money and he's he's asking for like seven hundred thousand dollars so um just going into this i mean i this i think this is a this is a um, prototypical shakedown operation and, and um, um, so that's why it was sort of of interest to me because of how shameful it was um, so we had this case um, DeWitt versus DeVry, uh, DeVry University and there were uh, five or six defendants and um, uh, we we fought for a good period of time and then we filed a motion for summary judgment and we got uh, so some great law One, at first we won <laughs> cases you know dismissed the more let's start with the important stuff <laughs> yeah yeah so so the, the case is done i mean i guess he could theoretically appeal it but um the case the case is done uh but we also got some good law out of this uh and when you look at the judge's opinion it deals with um a couple of things uh, i think um First off, it deals with from names. Now, hopefully I'm not getting too technical here. but sure. for people I guess let's that are involved back up. In- yeah, let's just back
3: up. So basically, you, you run a file of the California spam law. If you send um, an email that is, one, unsolicited, and two, it has a deceptive from name, um, the header information is incorrect, um, or it has a deceptive subject line. And so a lot of the litigation has focused on, on those two areas. Go ahead, Carl.
4: That's right. And, and so the, the, the question is, um, what, what is false and, and deceptive? Uh, and, and we have the federal statute, which prohibits all spam statutes, state spam statutes. It preempts them, I should say, except to the extent that these state statutes prohibit falsity and deception in email headers, which right. include the, the from, from name, from email address, subject line. So we in all these cases, we're we're often fighting over, uh, you know, what uh, what what in the header information is is false and deceptive. And here we had a situation where the actual brand names of the advertisers were 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 the from names. It, it, with my with my client, it was Simply Inc. That's their that's the name of their brand. it's it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a registered trademark. It's a fictitious business name. That was the from name. And uh, what Mr. DeWitt was, was arguing is that uh, Simply Inc. didn't send the emails. They were just advertised in it. And um, uh, so there, there was no listing of the actual sender anywhere <laughs> in the emails. And because of that, that the, the emails were false and deceptive and violated the uh, California statute. And uh, I, I think what, there are a couple rulings here, holdings in the ruling, uh, and, and one of them is that you don't have to have both the business name that's being advertised and the sender's name in the from name or even in the email. So I, I think that's 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 pretty important because there, there, there are a good number of spam plaintiffs that are, that are arguing that. So... Uh, so I, I think now it's it's, um, it's 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 pretty clear that um, you just don't have to have that email sender that that vendor so to speak or or uh, affiliate or publisher listed in the header information. The second part of the uh, the holding uh, is that if the email identifies the business, that is in my case, Simply Inc. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have to have uh, an open who is record. So I think in the past, as background, what plaintiffs were arguing is that <clears throat> when you when you look at these from names, sometimes they would be you know just Jane Doe or whatever, or just a you know, free offer or something like that. Right. And you or you know, look a, at the email, Or some random string yeah yeah and you look at the email and and it was some random domain name, you go look up the domain name to see who owns it, and it was privacy protected right so you couldn't trace the email back to either a, an advertiser or a sender and uh, under this this case, Balsam versus Trencos, the fact you couldn't uh, trace the email back to anybody the, the court held that that was a, a violation of the statute that was false and misleading. So what we have here is we have a situation where you get the real name of the, the business being advertised as the from name, but you have the who is records, which are privacy protected. So you can't trace anything back to the actual sender, but you can trace it back to the advertiser. So the, so in the court held that all you need is to have the advertiser's name in it. In other words, you don't have to have both. The advertiser's name in the from line and an email address that's traceable, where you can go and look, find a corporate name and an address in the Whois record. So I think this is an important one as well, because there more and more plaintiffs have been arguing that you need both of these things. You have to have an open Whois record. You have to have a from name that's not generic, but that, that has the name of a company. And, and now it seems like the court is almost saying either or. You can have either one of them. Uh, but, but most importantly, uh, you can have a, um, um, uh, the company's name, the brand name is from name, and you can have a who is record that is just, you know, GoDaddy privacy protection, or you cannot trace it back at all. So I think this is an important ruling, as I said, because a lot of plaintiffs have been arguing this uh, over the past few years. So it's good that, that hopefully these arguments will, will be shut down. Now, of course, Dewitt's probably going to, you know, appeal this. I guess, well, I guess he could appeal it.
3: I think, yeah. I mean, um, I just checked with Jonathan Silver, and he said there's a 98% chance that there'll be. A... <laughs> but no, I, I'm just saying that from experience. You know, I just won a ruling against Dewitt um, earlier in the year, and um, Dewitts appealed that, and um, it was just a, uh, and actually not as much, mon- something, not as earth shattering. It was a motion to dismiss. And the, the court, he'd already amended once, and the courts would not give him leave to amend again. And so we didn't even get so far that we actually get to argue the merits of the, of the case. It was really just how he pled it, and, um, and he's appealed that. So I suspect, you know, since this is, you know, he's his own client, I suspect he's going to be appealing.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, another interesting thing that the court said is that you know if you look at the statute, I mean, it's there's a, there's a carve out or protection almost for uh, pub, email publishers who insert truthful content right. uh, uh, into the emails and, she, and and the judge in this case used that to say that it was truthful that simply Inc and these other brands were were they were the advertisers. And because you had that truthful information about who's behind it, that you shouldn't be able to issue. There's not a violation of the statute, but just like that now it's time to sort of step back and think what was he thinking? I mean, this is an email you get in your inbox. So and facts, and, not an evidence. You know exactly who it was from. <laughs> you know exactly who it was from. And he's wanting a thousand dollars per email for these right. 700 emails when he knew exactly who was being advertised. Yeah. I, I again, I think it's shameful. Now,
3: uh, the uh, in, in addition, the, the federal law, the CAN-SPAM Act, um, expressly states that there shall be no labeling requirements, and uh, you know so. And the courts have routinely rejected efforts by states to require that you know the email have a specified format, um, just because of that federal prohibition.
4: That's right, and you know, in the, the judge in our case mentioned that <clears throat> that fact, and she said to the extent that you mentioned
3: that I said it, that, or that was the federal well, law? not
4: you, not not you personally, <laughs> uh, uh, but but mentioned the, the issue the issue of the the labeling requirement, and you can't have labeling requirements in in these state spam statutes, and to the extent that Mister Dewitt was arguing that certain things need to be in the from name of the email. That's really a, a content or labeling requirement. And that's going to be preempted.
3: Now, so um, will you be moving, seeking attorney's fees?
4: Well, well, we really don't have so the grounds. In the, we don't have the grounds in the statute. Um, the, 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 there, uh, the question is: Do we do we have grounds based on requests for admissions? And that's something that you know we're gonna um, we're gonna be making some decisions shortly on that.
3: Well, he may make the decision for you by moving for um, (laughs) moving to appeal, appeal, but um, (laughs) that that very may be the case. So, um, and he has, you know, he I haven't looked recently, but he's he's filed at least a half dozen cases. Do you know how many cases he has in the moment?
4: I do not. I mean, referring to Timothy Dewitt. I do, not, I do not. We had a, another case that we won against him um, about six months ago, um, which, which was similar in a way because he just had no, no uh, evidence at all connecting our particular client to, to certain emails. And it was another one of these cases where he's just sort of winging it. He's, he's, he's naming people and, and, and trying to shake them down for money. Uh, so hopefully, what we do is we get a number of these rulings, like the the ruling here. Maybe in your case, Ben, maybe we get a you know good good ruling on appeal, where where he gets boxed in, where he, where you know he can't be filing these cases, or he's going to be facing malicious prosecution suits. Right.
3: It, it kind of reminds me of I had a friend in high school, and when I was in high school, the drinking age was eighteen, um, and he he went to buy some beer. And the liquor store carted him, and he was, he was 17. They said, sorry, I can't give you any. He said, but I'm 17. I'm close. Don't I get any? <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, this kind of, you know, the, the approach, I think, I see some of these spam plaintiffs like, well, that's all right. The law doesn't go, you know, doesn't necessarily favor me, but, you know, come on, I should get something. And, and the answer is no, in both cases.
4: Yeah, well, there's also another dynamic is that the plaintiffs know what it costs to defend suits. And if they can get a suit that's filed uh, where maybe it's not easily dismissed quickly, then there's a certain amount of money they know these defendants are going to have to pay their attorneys. And as long as their demand is under that, you know, there's a a chance they're going to get paid. They're going to get paid for these emails that they just printed out from their inbox. No actual harm, um, no inconvenience really even. Um, they just got them. they printed them off and they want to get paid. It's shameful.
3: And um, it, it is a, it is a problem. I mean cause that's the whole that, that's what they're gambling on. They're gambling on the, the um, more or less that them becoming a, a transaction cost. That you know, that's the cost of doing business on the internet. Is that you know you're going to run against these guys, you know, who're going to shake you down, and and you'll have to pay some tribute to them.
4: That's right. I, you know what? What I'd like to see is is maybe some some change in statute, either eliminating the attorney's fees component or making it um, go both ways, so, so loser pays.
3: That would be that would be interesting um, you know i've i 've often argued that i I still do believe that the law is unconstitutional to the extent that it 's preempted by can spam because of the whole requirement that it contain um, that the email be unsolicited. you know I think the the exception from preemption is to regulate falsity and decept- deception in email. And so, whether or not an email solicitor or unsolicited has nothing to do with that. And so, by making that a requirement, um, they are they are making that um, they are in essence regulating the, the sending of email and going beyond what is permitted under the, a preemption exception under CAN-SPAM. And so, if that if that were to occur, obviously the legislature would have to revisit the issue and and you know restore the statute. And um, and that would, then that would be the opportunity to do so. But do you think there's really a movement to try to get the law amended anytime soon? Uh,
4: I think it may. Be, I think it may be tough. Uh, I, I think that as uh, you know, companies in the performance marketing industry see spam litigation as as a horrible problem, and um, if not. That at least a uh, horrible annoyance, mm-hmm. but outside the performance marketing industry, you know, people people don't like getting email, right? Yeah, uh, email, and um, I, so I, I unfortunately I think it's sort of a, it's sort of something it's something tough to get through. I think if you have some big class actions, um, perhaps, and you, and you have one that um, this Kirby versus Spark case, has been mm-hmm. motion preliminary approval, uh, a class action settlement. If you have um, a good number of class action cases that are filed where there's you know, significant risk of uh, large amounts of money, um, m- much larger than, than what we're dealing with the Timothy DeWitts of the world on, then, you, uh, then uh, there, there may be some momentum there with, from the business community to change the statute. Uh, but, but because of just the fact that a lot of, a lot of people just don't like getting spam email, right. I think that, that's a problem when it comes to trying to amend the statute. Well, the You're other problem – go
3: ahead. The other problem, Carl, was that you know, Dan Balsam tried to amend the statute to make it weaker you know, in terms that's to right. make, it, make it easier for him to win. And, and so you know, knowing the makeup of the legislature in Sacramento, um, which view is likely to prevail –
4: I, I think that um, I think the, the thing that we've got going for us right now is that we've got uh, a very healthy economy in at least the, the Bay Area, um, and uh, you know a good number of parts of San Francisco, and 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 to an extent, you know, you know a good amount of that is being driven by by tech, and you know and companies that are innovating and using communications in all these different ways. Uh, to, to build real value uh, in, in their businesses. So um, I, 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 w- when it comes to uh, c- passing laws or amending this, this particular law to sort of shut down uh, or, or create gray areas for these companies that are trying to innovate, uh, I think that's a problem, and I think that is... Uh, maybe a motivation, uh, the, the the or an impetus, so to speak, for for change there with uh, uh, with various lobbying groups and and the business community.
3: Um, definitely, and uh, it's it's you know it's a tough call. And uh, how you know how you know how whether you even engage on that, um, it's, it's, it's hard to say. We only got a few minutes left, Carl. So, if people want to find you, what's the best way for them to do so?
4: really on our firm's website, which is krinternetlaw.com.
3: And we have um, some information on the case and Carl at our um, blog, cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. There's a description of that and the first guests on Occupy FCC information found there. And um, do you tweet, Carl? I do. And you're a handle.
4: It's a krinternetlaw.
3: And um, we're, we're found at um, Cyberlaw Radio on Twitter and um, at the Internet Law Sent at Twitter. And so where will you be at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, Carl?
4: Oh, is this something I should know? Is this a World Cup? Yes, event? the U.S. Going versus on? Germany. I, I will be here in my office right in front of our TV.
3: There you go. That's that's the spirit. Um I haven't decided where I'm gonna be watching it, but I definitely will be watching the game. But um but on Friday I will be on um Denise Howells Um This Week in Law on Twit TV. And um so be sure to check us out there and um and then um we'll be back here next week with another exciting uh, discussion on internet law. And um we do have a couple of other one last update on um, the program, and that is that um, the um, the Chinese government has released um, Vivian Yu, um, and but she is subject to bail, and uh, we'll have as part of the Tiananmen Square crackdown, we'll have maybe more information on that. See if we can get Watson Meg to come back on and tell us what's going on in China um, with respect to internet freedom, um, but. Uh, Carl, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And I hope you'll come back and tell us more about what's going on. Um, and uh, I think that's – Thanks a lot, Bennett. It's been a pleasure. And um, Carl Cronenberg, everyone, he's, he's a great guy and uh, you know one of the top in the field. So it's always a pleasure to have him. And um, that's all we have for this week. And um, you've been listening to Cyber Law and Business Report on Webmaster Radio. Um, quarters adjourned and tune in next week. when We'll have the latest and greatest on what's going on in Internet law. And um, this is Ben and Kelly with Internet Law Center in Santa Monica, California, the heart of Silicon mm. Beach, on the web at InternetLawCenter.net. And um, check us out. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great week.
2: are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
4: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.